to make church on Sundays And ain't been calling in hung over most Mondays All right, three cracks for the top three in Birio Kart. Not a win by your boy, but we'll discuss that here in a little bit. I dominated over the weekend, no worries. <laughs> this is the Beers Watch Podcast, Charlotte's number one podcast in the basement, episode 137. We've got Duval. Yes. And the Chipper Jones. On the day they announced Hall of Fame, Chipper's already in, correct? Yes, he is. Okay, so you just wanted to... I did, and, and kind of to as baseball season is ramping up, and I'm a huge baseball fan, mm-hmm. too. Um, spring training's coming up. They have a few spring so, games. Yeah. You know, so kind of, you know, in the L of football coming to an end and basketball yeah. kind of ramping up, too. Baseball's ass get ready to start, too. So, okay. Um, but happy to be here. Thanks again. Yeah. It was it was weird. To, well, I'm going to say it last week. I saw you, you know, almost every Sunday during football season, and then once the Panthers went out <laughs> – I didn't see you for a while, but then you were over here like a couple, three or four days in a row because of New Year's festivities, and then I didn't see you for like a week until last week, and then I saw you this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Saturday yeah. so, you know, it was good to see you again multiple days out of the week. Where can people find you on social media, Duvall, if they um, find you? On Twitter, it's Rod vs. Duvall, and Instagram is just Duvall, so. Next up, we've got Jeebs. Jeebs. You got us beers, yep. kindly, but you didn't grab us any koozies. So that, I mean, that's are you still hungover from Friday no, night? Because no. you were uh, hurting. I was a Saturday. So I as I referenced to Duval, we all had like a little kickback here in the basement, as we always do. Just get together, you know, play a little video games, play a little BP, yep. you know, watch a little TV kind of stuff. That Jeez. was the first one that I've been able to do, and. For a long yeah, while. Yeah, Jeeves got it. and I, I, I'll, I'll give you this. You at least smartly crashed here. She didn't have to oh, drive, yeah. drink and drive home. Yep. That was good. Yeah. You, crashed up, you crashed upstairs on the couch. I figured you'd be gone by the time I woke up. You were still there. Then you were I supposed to know. meet up with I, us. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know what time it was when we woke up. Because, <laughs> I mean, I heard I heard J.N. and Luke come downstairs. Yeah. And heard J.N. and talking to him and all that. And then I just hear you downstairs. And I'm like, well. Jacob's down. Jacob's so I, I got to get Well, it, as, as always with our kickbacks, we look down. We don't realize what time it is, and then we look down and we go, it's 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah. my gosh. We, 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 we when I asked what time it was, Jacob had, Jacob was walking out from the kitchen. He turned around and he's like, it's 1130. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, you're talking about A.M. the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, next yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah, the next morning I was here till I was here till eleven thirty. Yeah, Jerry took morning. one for the team and got up with Luke and all that kind of stuff while I recovered a little bit to get ready for the day. Jeeves was supposed to go with us. Me I and Jerry and I went and checked out the new Legion Brewery in South Park. Got a review coming out for you probably in about two weeks. That place might be a high score alert. It place really? was off the chain. I don't want to spoil it. It's a little tease. Yeah, about two weeks we'll release that one. Jeeves couldn't make it there. Nope. Then it was also congrats to Corey and Bridget on yeah. their – they're having a the little baby girl. Jeeves couldn't even make it at that. Oh, was so, I mean, that was at like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. I was – I was done that. You whole feeling next better, day. Jeeves? I am. Okay. I am. Uh, y'all, y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter is Jeeves nineteen eighty eight. All right. Good to see you back at what yep. about ninety seven percent maybe. I'm back at hundred percent. I'm back at hundred. As long as you just you know be more prote- more protected, Jeeves. Yeah. That's all we're asking about. <laughs> all right. So for me, General Nation on Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch on Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch podcast on Facebook. 
Go find it, Jacob Rowland, on YouTube. We have all our brewery reviews. Go like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. By the end of 2019, we want at least 200 subscribers. We're at 73 right now. So the slow grind, the slow burn on that. Go buy a T-shirt. Also, Charlotte Magazine has the best of the best awards, and you can write any candidates. So we do a little grassroots win here. Go go on there. You can, invite, you can vote once a day from your email. But you do a little caveat. You have to write in seven votes for each there's about 15 20 categories yeah, something like that you gotta at least vote for seven for any of the votes to count okay. so do that you can write in the beards watch podcast local podcast for beards watch twitter account and instagram Graham, account and then you all for beards watch yeah and then there's sorts of other different categories yeah they got like best athlete radio show weatherman news team yep. Uh, weekend activity, all that. So you can non, choose there. Non-profit organization, a non-profit event, yeah. beer event, wine event. Uh, so go do that. Stuff. Write us in. But now we'll get to it. Yeah, go buy some t-shirts and buy some gear. But our first-timers, yeah, was, I guess this is about a second week in a row. Next week will be another first-timer. Second week in a row, we got a first-timer on. Mike Brooks, man, how you doing? Doing good, man. Glad yeah. you guys were, were able to make this work out. Oh, yeah, um, always. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was a bum that I couldn't make the uh, Father's Day uh, episode. Yeah, I, I, a little background. I tried to get this guy on our Father's Edition when we had our buddy uh, Ben, whose wife was pregnant at the time, give him a little couple tips and tricks type scenario. I wanted Mike on because he was going from one kid to two kids. But at the time, your wife was near the due date, I think it was. Yeah, we were, so we were about we were about 10 days out. And, yeah, uh, we didn't want to take any risks. Yeah, our doctor told us it could be any day. So I, our, I, son, I our son came early, so we were afraid our daughter was going to try and one-up him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, those 4 o'clock uh, late nights have been something very familiar with us. Yeah. But it's a different story. It's more of a formula screaming baby kind of story. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, super, super pumped to be able to join you guys and and so talk some sports. Anybody who doesn't really know who you are, a quick background of yourself. So I am a I'm a unicorn. I'm a Charlotte native. I uh, oh. grew up in uh, I was born in South Charlotte. Moved to a suburb um, before I started uh, kindergarten, and then stayed out that way. Went to Boone. Went to App State. Okay. Uh, Mountaineer alum, and uh, moved back to Charlotte in 2011. I've been been here ever since. Nice. So we'll, we'll touch on it real quick. Going. What's a couple big things that has kind of changed going from one kid to two kids. Man, I, you think you have, after you've had one kid, you're yeah. like, all right, I'm a pro. Yeah. And then that second kid shows you all the things you didn't know. <laughs> you know that, uh, you know, especially with a boy and a girl, you know, we yeah. have this expectation. There might be a little bit of a nuance that's different, but, and I don't know it's necessarily gender related, but yeah. definitely, um, you know, trying to juggle a rambunctious three-year-old and then also, deal with the needs of a, of a newborn that's yeah. that's tough man uh, and shout out to my wife Allison she is a freaking superhero yeah um, I, I've, I've said this many times and if it were dependent only on men to to extend the human race we'd have been extinct a long time <laughs> <laughs> I feel you I feel you so I'm very grateful for her she's actually at home tonight uh, both little ones are Dealing with some coffee, snotty nose. So it seems to be like that. That change of weather has gotten real cold. You gotta, you know, it's just one of those things you gotta, you gotta get through and fight through. Yeah, it man. sucks for everybody. So yeah. So, but yeah, man, going from the one to two, like um, you know, you have these expectations. I think with two, you you get a little bit more impatient with the developmental milestones. Like yeah. you, you you think, okay, 
with your first, you're like, man, I can't believe he's rolling over. I can't yeah. believe he's, you know, trying to wiggle or crawl or he's like smiling back at me. And like with her, it's like, why can't you hold your head up yet? Like the, the things you get really impatient because you're like, it's not so much that you don't think that they're, they're doing it right. You're just like the convenience. I want to yeah. be able to like make sure my kid's not trying to plug something in. He shouldn't be yeah. plugging in while, you know, I should be attending to her. But, uh, man, being a father is like one of the greatest jobs I've ever yeah. had. Yeah, it's a good time. So, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. But it's always cool, I think, when they start grasping things and seeing things. And oh, yeah. You're almost reliving those days that you don't remember as a kid because you don't remember these times. Right. But, you gotta, you know, they're teaching them things and stuff. So. It's definitely surreal, too, hearing myself say the things my parents said. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're getting old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I, it's like, I hate it. I'll never say that to my yeah. kids. And, and there's been times I've been like, you want a reason to cry? You know, like, I'll, you know, I'll t- <laughs> you, you, unfortunately, you you find yourself, like, regurgitating a lot of that stuff you heard as yeah. a kid because you're like, well, it worked for me. Yeah. I turned out to be a functional adult. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe, maybe that's something that I need to, like, try and subscribe to. So, yeah. Yeah, we're at this stage where my wife is real concerned because my kid's not really, like, worried about eating any real food. He's just completely content with the baby squeezy packs and all that stuff. And in my mind, I don't worry. As long as he's hitting his milestones, hey, he ain't going to be 15 eating baby food. At some point, he's going to be interested in the pizza and the spaghetti and this, that, and the third. So I try to take a – she gets real worried, so I try to be the opposite of just – Real calm and like, look, he's, he's going to get there. So at least he's like, eating. That's true, exactly. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. He's he could, he could, he could be right there at the one. Like, no, pushing everything yeah. away, not eating. But he's a very, not, not eating like the the stuff that you're yeah. talking about. Just drinking the milk. And, and what I've realized is he's a very patient. One, he was like six days late. He took he takes his time with whatever he does. <laughs> it took him a long time to even get to the baby food, and even presenting it with some food. Every time you put something new, like. Food-wise, in his mouth, he looks at you like it's the most disgusting thing ever. But even just moving him from the little tub to the big tub, he was apprehensive. But once he finally started realizing, oh, i got more space, I can do then he gets to it. But he's just a very methodical. He thinks his things through, making sure it's okay, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild seeing that, you know, the growth and being a dad and all that kind of stuff. So what's the one tip you'd have for somebody going from one to two kids? Um, definitely make sure that you, you make like as much of an intentional effort to let your first child know that they still exist. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I think I've seen that a lot with some friends of mine and granted the separation they have in their kid's age is a little bit greater than mine. My son just turned three. Uh, my daughter's five months old. So, um, you know, I made a concerted effort the week before she was born to, like, we went to the park, we went and did, you know, just Daddy Sunday, just mm-hmm. going out and doing the things he likes to do. And then I make sure that, like, if I'm going to run errands, I take him with me. I, yeah. like, I let him know that he's a part of my life, and, and I don't want him just to be like, well, you're going to run with the post office with me. Like, I'll, I'll say, let's go to the park or let's go to my mom's house. You yeah. know, we'll go do stuff together. Yeah. And then, you know, we make sure that we take that time individually with him. Um, even when we're dealing with her, we invite him to be a part of that. Yeah. Like, so if, you know, we're changing a diaper, we'll bring him in the nursery. If we wake her up in the morning, he'll come in there and say good morning to her. Nice. You know, so it's, it's a little bit more of a, he feels like, Hey, I get to be a part. She's coming into my family. I'm not like, I've not been kicked out. Yeah. 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 She's the one. Yeah. So, and, and we'll, 
try and maintain that as long as we possibly yeah, yeah. can. But, you know, when you have to have that focused attention, you know, when you get to the crawling and the walking, I mean, yeah. that's like all your time. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's going to have to be times where he doesn't get as much attention. And and I think he, we're kind of in a season of that right now because talking about the eating, the pushing away food. Yeah. Man, he just wouldn't, he will not eat anything right now. <laughs> it is like the most frustrating thing because yeah. it's like pizza. He won't yeah. eat pizza. And wow. I'm like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going to be what sustains you for life. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's an attention thing with him. Yeah. So um, I think just making sure that you have, you know, you take the time to be intentional with your kids. Um uh, they notice that from a yeah. very early age, from what I can tell, and uh, and we'll see. I mean, I won't I won't know the fruits of this until he's a he's a man. That's true. But That's true. you know, right now I think it's uh, we've been really fortunate. He's a great kid. Nice. Is he is he in like a daycare or a preschool? Yeah, he goes to a, like a nine to one. Uh, was going five days a week, but you know, funds are a little tight. So I understand we, funds. We, man. we we had to pull I, it back to three days a week. Yeah. Uh, but my wife, she has like a work from home bookkeeping job. Nice. So she gets to be at home with them. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're forced to interact with other, other kids. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. We, and we have uh, some really close friends of ours who, um, they live, you know, just a few minutes away and our kids are like three months apart. Oh, okay. So they wrestle around with each other and they, they do their thing. And, uh, I gotcha. and I, I don't know, it's really definitely good. I've, and he's also got a bunch of cousins too. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Uh, my brother-in-law has three kids, um, so as often as we can get together with them, you know, we try yeah. to make sure he's always mixing it up Definitely. with other kids. Yeah. Nice. So, but he's very much like a, he's like a loner. Like okay. he does his own thing. He'll go. There'll be a kid, a bunch of kids playing with blocks, and he'll be in the corner like drawing. <laughs> you know? So uh, maybe he's gonna be an artist one day. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. So let's we'll jump make the quick transition over. We have our annual or not. Weekly Vireo card. Last week, I somehow cheesed Duval mm-hmm. out of a win. I thought, <laughs> he, I thought he was in second. To, I was trying to secure the victory for him. This week, I got cheesed by Mike out of a win <laughs> by hitting the lightning on the Wario's racetrack. Yeah. And Duval Jeeves battled it for the, the end. And I think Duval finally got his he first did. win in two months. Yes. Since November 20th. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I could get Duval on the second lightning in the last lap, but he had already made it over the... Yeah, that was wild. Duvall had a lightning early, and he, he he used it on the second lap, yep. and it got a couple people, but then there were... Literally, I was about to... I was, like, you know, a couple inches away from jumping over that, and both Mike and Jeeves got lightnings, yep. and it, like I said, Mike hit me, I fell down, and then Jeeves hit it thinking he was getting me. And get Duval, but it got, got Mike, Mike, and Duval just made it over with a boost. So, Good. you know, that was wild there at the very end getting two lightens. Listen, I I'll take a win any way I can get it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the benefit was like when he hit when he struck it the second time. I was still small. Yeah. So oh, he, oh so so it, so it didn't affect me. Okay. So what happened was I still had enough speed. And I was far enough away from the ramp to where I was able to jump over it and still not fall back. To like into the end of yeah. yeah, the hole, yeah. And then once I got large again, I still had the uh, the star. So okay. because of that, I was able to hit that, and then that's how I was able to shoot off and win that I last that curve. So okay. I'll take it anyway. I, try- I wasn't trying to screen watch to see if you got big or not. Hey, yeah. that's you got to do a, you got to do a little bit of that to figure out when you want to use your yeah. advantage. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. so 
That, that puts that, I think I'm at 32. Duvall's at 9. Jeeves at 7. Lurs at 4. Lurs ain't been on for a hot minute. Yep. I think he's going to be back. I mean, I think that's his last one's in October. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back in February on some episodes. Corey with 3. Bucket 2. Dylan, Alex, Jack, John Long, Cheeks. And then John Allen from last week all got one wins. And our first title record is now 2-43. and 43. Yeah. Mike, you're one of the 43 there. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, I ran up front, and I haven't played since I was in like 17. Yeah. <laughs> and then juggling the beer is another whole thing you got to get going with, too. Yeah. So yeah, I found out real quick. Don't stop on a hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna get that gas going up again. That's very true. So let's get us being all Panther fan. Do we want to talk Panthers first in London, or do you want to recap a little bit of the playoff drama? We can recap it. All right, I can do a little recap. All right, so two big plays. I guess the big thing is a lot of people are wanting to change the overtime rules. Some people are wanting reviewing the pass interferences. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw it out on the floor. Mike, you're the guest. What, what's your takeaway from these two games this past week? Uh, the overtime rules are stupid. Really? Okay. They're, what would you like to see? I, I just, an, just a time quarter, like a 10-minute quarter or another 15-minute okay. quarter. And at the end of that, like whoever's on top is the winner. Okay. I mean, I, I don't – But obviously, I like but obviously in the playoffs, though, it, it could go into another second – Second overtime or third overtime. Yeah. You know, if, if they I, mean, you, I think after up. you do that one additional quarter, I think that then you become sudden death. Um, okay. You know, kind of like hockey does. They okay. they try and give you that extra um, when it matters. They try and give you that extra period to play so it doesn't – it's not – because, like, with the situation with the Patriots game, I mean, you can't tell me if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs got a possession that they wouldn't have gone down and scored. I mean, I also look the way at they it, were firing on all cylinders in the fourth quarter. I also look at it as they had the pats and three, three or four third and longs and couldn't convert. They had the game winning pick, yep. and my man was off sides. And the game before, Drew Brees got the ball first, and the Rams forced a turnover, and they get the ball, and they win the game. So, I, I was, I was, I was a little hesitant when they changed from sudden death because then I felt like at least. If a team kicks a field goal, because all they had to really get was like 35 yards of field position. Exactly. At least now, I, I'm, fi- I'm fine with it because I think it, defense, you got to make a stop. Yep. And, and again, they also had four quarters. I mean, Mahomes missed a couple wide-open touchdown throws as well that could have put them ahead instead of just tying the game. You know, I'm cool with the overtime. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of reactionary, but I think if, if you really want to win it, win it in the four quarters. And mm-hmm. if not – you better hope that defense can make a stop and get the ball back. I mean, I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I kind of like I, I kind of want to see them do like the college rule. Each person get a possession, and then if say like the Pats go down, you're saying, but the Pats start on the 35 yard line like in college. Yeah, yeah. Well. And then the Pats say if the Pats go down and score a touchdown, the Chiefs have to score a touchdown. If they score a field goal, then the Pats win. But at least they both get a possession. In the overtime, and not the only, not the not playing like the sudden yeah, death because the coin toss determined yeah. the game. Did yeah, you know, the coin toss did. Did you the know the stats are higher? Huh? That the in college, the team who wins the coin toss wins the game fifty four percent of the time, and in NFL, it's like fifty percent or forty eight percent of the time. Really. So, so the coin toss in both of them. So you're, you're, the idea that the coin toss calls but, it, but, but, in the coin, but the coin toss in college, it's the person who gets the ball first. It, but also in college, the person who lost the coin toss, they get, the stats, they get a possession. Yeah, but I'm just so, giving you stats though. That well, I, I know the team who wins the coin toss in college more than more wins more times than the team who doesn't. 
in the NFL. But I would I would have liked to see what Patrick Mahomes could have done. He could have had four quarters to do. I know. He had four quarters. And his defense had him in third and long. They let Julian Edelman and Gronkowski go free. Julian Edelman was running wide open down the middle of the field every third and ten. Like, it was obvious what Brady was going to do. Tony Romo was calling every single play. The Chiefs didn't even know. The Chiefs fired their defensive coordinator because of that last series. Can I just say that for the majority of his career, I hated Tony Romo. Yeah. But in the broadcast booth, he's like my favorite person. I agree. Yeah. yeah. He agree. still is not on my John Madden level yet. But he's, I, yeah, not, yeah, I mean, but he's, he's definitely becoming one of the top guys. I mean, he definitely, just the excitement. Yes. He's agree. like a kid in the booth, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of gets you excited because football, especially like if you play fantasy and you're watching a ton of games a day, I mean, it can get monotonous yeah. after a while because yeah. you're like, I've seen this, I've seen this. And then you hear this dude like jumping up and down in the yeah. booth. I mean, he makes it. He makes it fun. Yeah. And yeah. I and I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of his in Dallas. And I definitely thought, just like what you guys were saying about Dak, I thought he was very overrated just because yeah. he was a Dallas quarterback. Yeah. yeah. But, man, congrats to CBS. Yeah. For yeah. for rolling the dice with him. And he's he calling the it. Super Bowl too. So. Yeah. 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 He deserved him. And yeah. Jim Nance are calling the Super Bowl. Okay. So what, what do you think about? Um, I, I don't have a problem with the. The playoffs now. Um, overtime I, rules. Yeah, the overtime okay. rules. Um, I feel like, like I know you spoke on just the whole sudden death where they could just kick a field goal, yeah. whoever did that. That's when they corrected that. I feel like that was the best thing. Um, and I feel like defense wins championships. So if that's the case, when it goes to that fourth quarter or that that overtime, you really determine okay who really wants it more. You know, so I feel like it's time for execution. You got to make yeah. sure you got to get the stop. And I mean, that's fine. If your defense holds to a field goal, that's you fine. Your offense still gets that's a true. shot. Yeah. So the only thing is, is you can't give up six points, and yeah. that's fine. And some people may say, "Oh well, if they give up six, the other team should still get a chance." I can see that, but I feel like if they score a touchdown on you in the first drive, yeah. you deserve to lose. Yeah. To me, and, so. And to me, also, they want to talk about player safety, but then you can't go and have. You're talking because then they get another drive, and that Patriots drive was like almost six, seven minutes. Exactly. Now the, the the Chiefs are going to do that. Now if they go down and score a touchdown and kick the extra point, now you're talking double overtime. Now you got guys, they're going to end up playing almost another half of a game yeah. off of this because it's the playoffs, and you you have to have a winner. Unlike in the regular season, you can tie, tie it. after an overtime if nobody scores per se or they you know whatever it is. So that's where I think you get tricky and and wanting to to do all that. So. Yeah. And as for the the reviewing of the you know pass interference, it's a, to me it's a slippery slope because it, what do you do? Do you give the coaches one one challenge, but it can only be for like a penalty? But then if you review, you know, can it only be for one you know one pass interference? Because then if you look at a play, oh wait, that guy was holding. Oh, there's a face mask there. Oh, there's that. And I also like when the Saints were saying we lost because of this call. Jared Goff didn't get the. Face mask call. Yeah, unfortunately, giving them first and goal on a one yard line. Yeah, and you can't blame one call. You can't blame one play because there's so many different things that go into it. Yeah. and it's always easier for us to talk about because it, it ain't our team. But it's your team that sucks the most. But yeah. and and I feel like even to to that, even if it was our team, we would probably still say the same thing. Like yeah. I mean, well, Gano wouldn't have kicked that fifty seven yard field. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. And then you know, people <laughs> talk about you know, oh well. If you, if they want to go back and review that, they need to review the Cotri catch. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like they, they it's, yeah. it's I feel like it's so much more in a game than that one play yeah. because there's 70, 60, however many possessed plays yeah. 
that dictate the game. So yeah. for them to be talking like that, I feel like they're just bitter. They're just mad. Oh, yeah. Because if she was on the other foot, they would be quiet. Yeah. yeah. If they would be happy if that if they didn't get that call like that and they got to the Super Bowl, they'd be they'd be yeah, exactly. But they also just because that call doesn't get made, they still had. Other possessions to score the rock, yep. and they had overtime, and Drew Brees threw an interception, and they were up what twenty to ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like they had the game, but then like you know I saw like their offense froze. Drew Brees looked old, and yeah. then when he threw that pick, I don't know who he was throwing to. Well, to me also, if you look at that play, if that corner turns around, he pick sixes that. Yeah, like, but he just of, laid there instead of instead of laying the guy out. If he played the ball. I mean, he's gone. And there's a couple of those plays you look like you said, go back and look at those final I think they started what like ten and one and then went like three and four the last couple games. Yeah, I saw and they're, that. they're now again, that last game of the season they sat a lot of people against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. But they're starting like to me, Sean Payton is choking up there with Andy Reid in these playoffs and no one's talking about it because he gets keeps getting bailed out by the Minnesota Miracle play. That's just one play. Everybody focuses on that. Now it's Oh, it's this penalty yep. that should have been called. So the refs are getting all the blame when Sean Payton gets to kick back and go, well, good, no yep. one's questioning why I threw the ball first down when I could have burned all the Rams' timeouts. <laughs> and they would have only gotten the ball back after we kick a field goal with 30 seconds instead of a minute yeah. and 15. Yeah. And I'm going to give you one better. So although they won the Super Bowl, that was the year that they got hit for the bounty game. So yes. how does that, you know, yeah. you won, but, I mean, you were paying players to kill people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I, I mean, I'd go back and even on the podcast, like, way before during the Panther season, Jacob has always said a game shouldn't come down to one play. Yeah. Like, that, the Rams and Saints game should not have come down to that game. Yeah. When they were up, what, 21 to 10? Yeah. They should have just kept on hammering them, hammering them, and got that score up so far to where – L.A. couldn't come back. Yep. And they wouldn't, you wouldn't, that play would have just gone by the wayside because they were up so high, or they probably wouldn't even thrown that ball. If they were up so high, they would have been running the ball. Yep. So the game should not have come down to that one play. Yep. But as far as the question is, how do you see if you should review it? I'm on the side that, like Jacob is, that you should be able to have at least one review for a, non, for a non-call. Okay. Like they had, they had two, they have two challenges to when there are flags on the play. I think they should have at least one flag that if there is a non-call, then they sh- they could be it's like make make it a different color or something to where they can okay this is this one they're 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 throwing it for a non-call that we we possibly missed on that play. But right you know, yeah, what, do you, what do you limit that to? Exactly. Then you could say you open up a whole can of worms. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there's all sides. Yeah. You know, I mean, because yeah. I mean, because uh, you and Jacob have been like I've been over here pretty much uh, almost all Sundays. Y'all jump up and down when there's an offsides on the Panthers. That's people. what we're saying. It's like, like so the, if, if you if you guys are sitting on the couch jumping up and down on offsides, then. Ron Rivera or whoever the head coach is of the team should be able to see the same plays that y'all are seeing. Or they have they have people up in the booth that 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 can see that are a little bit higher that can see people jump off sides. They can radio down so fast that hey, throw that flag if they don't call that. But my thing with that is is how do you regulate that? Because what if you challenge an offsides penalty in the first quarter and somebody does it again and he throws a pick 
and they never called the offsides penalty. Like so, like it it it, it kind of it gets dicey to me. Yeah. So it's like I almost think you you got to hold these refs more accountable. I mean, like to me, you yeah. see, like, even even that play that the, I think the Chiefs scored on, there was a huge illegal pick play. Yeah, and like the receiver didn't even act like he was running right. He basically just blocked. And you see Belichick getting all upset about it, and like that would be reviewable. But it's almost like these refs. I don't like. I know they hired some full time refs, but there's got to be some kind of accountability here. Yeah, some trying to better training because, and I, I NFL is always in the playoffs have let them play more. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's always a consistency where in the regular season there's one thing, and from game to game it's just so different. Yeah, I mean one time and, it's called this way, the next game it's called differently, and it's it's kind of like you just want consistency across the board. Yeah. And but again, you can't let that one play define your whole right. season and blame it on that. You got to come back fighting for something else. So you know, I uh, I definitely I, think the transparency with officiating is something that's a problem in all sports. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know with I, as a baseball fan, I remember back to the imperfect game yeah. that uh, you know Jim Joyce. Oh yeah, just called that play at first base. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a perfect game. And uh, like, and I remember like they had a press conference for him. Yeah, and, like he went out and like apologized and like you know told that pitcher, you know, I'm really sorry and I wish I could go back and fix this. Yeah, but, you know, but with NFL, it's like they're untouchable. Yeah, that's Which, true. I mean, even with the conversation that came out that. You know, Sean Payton was like, Aubrey talked to the league office, and they said they screwed this up. And yeah. it's like, why Why even go to that? Like, there's no point in even making that. There's no benefit from you saying that. Yeah. It's yeah. not like we can go back and be like, okay, well, never mind. You guys win. Yeah. Well, actually, they can. Yeah. Well, Did you see, they won't. They won't. Yes, they won't. They won't. Yeah. There is a, which, is, which is also a weird thing if you if people have dove into it. And being the commissioner, he has the, the uh, power – to go in and at any point and say, these two teams are going to come back up and we're going to play it from this spot and there's a penalty here and play the last minute 43. Yep. He has the power, which is a very, like, of course, yeah, he's not going to do it because that would just be too well, much well, chaos. I think everybody's going to be like, what about this game? That said, game, that yeah. game. I think it was Michael Thomas who yeah, tweeted out the article. But then that shouldn't even be, that shouldn't even be in, in the right. rule book. To like, I don't know because I guess I guess they're trying to hold off against if something comes out and a player was throwing the game on purpose. Yeah, and they're able to do it. But I mean, when's the last time in a sport? I guess baseball does it if, it, if there's rain delay or the what is it the tar the tar bat or tar something situation where two teams in baseball came back around and they played it again, but they played it because in baseball you're playing eight what hundred something games. So yeah. Oh, next time we see it, we'll just finish that game on the front end of it, and then we'll play the second game. Well, Football, there's no way you're gonna you're gonna trot these teams back. It's not high school where you're driving a school bus activity bus down the lot. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a whole lot more to it. So, yeah, I, something I don't like. I said I don't know what's right, but I just everybody's just in a, such an uproar, uproar where it's like I feel like you. Sometimes human error is just a part of the game, and that's that was something I was gonna sp- I was gonna speak on because you know I have repped a couple of games and whatnot, so it's like they're human. So yeah. I, I understand from a player standpoint, but I also understand as a rep, like you're not gonna get every call. Yeah. And then in the heat of the moment, your eyes may be focused on this particular section, and you in your periphery, you're still looking. But the second you look for this, something happens here, and you may miss it. Yeah. And then the other rep may miss it too because it's so intense. Especially with the playoffs, it's, it's, it's fast-paced. Game. Yeah, it's next yeah. level. So I mean, you you miss a call here and there. Yeah. You miss a holding. You know, you you miss an offside. You, and, and so I understand. I can sit in my at my house and yell, offsides are holding. 
But also, it's like, well, the rep might have missed that one. But then the next time they may do, I see all the makeup calls. Now, yeah. you yeah. know, so. Now, if, if there's, here's another question. If we see, if we start to see a lot more missed calls, not as bad as the pass interference, the one with the Rams and Saints, but like offsides or face mask or it's like smaller ones, do you see more refs being put on the field? I, I don't think so, but this is this is my thing too. So, a part of it, I understand some refs are have responsibility, but also as a coach and as a player, you got to be accountable because you know you spoke to you have four quarters, so you can't sit here and say we lost because X Y Z referee didn't make this holding call. No, we lost because I missed this slant pass because that could have extended the drive. I missed the field goal. Yes, exactly. our our coaching staff instead of going for it on fourth and inches. We decide to punt, and they go down there and score seven, and we yeah. can't get back down here and score. So you got to look at it that way, too. So no, that's, I mean, why yeah. I, so that's yeah. how I feel like. I don't think they'll put more refs out. At this point, I feel like and I feel like the coaching staff for New Orleans is trying to find a way to put it on somebody. Yep. Yeah, and, and the same with some of the players, too. Yeah. So to me, yeah. that's what it feels like. And I'm not, not a Saints fan, but I'm not trying to be rude towards them. It's just a simple fact of, okay, if you lost, you lost. Don't put it on him because just like you made mistakes, refs make mistakes. So you just yeah. gotta you just gotta accept it. You I'm, lost, go home or go on a yacht, whatever you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. I made I made the argument with a Saints fan that works with us that uh, that he was he was talking about that, and I was like, you know, sorry for the loss. He's like, yeah, that's gonna be hard to get over. We got totally screwed. I'm like, dude, the game did not come down to that one play. <laughs> yeah. I'm no. like, with the way the overtime rules exist now, you had the ball first. first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were at your dome. Yeah. Like, there's no excuse at that point because no. that did not. That was not the last play of the game. Yeah. Like, look at that Green Bay Dallas game a couple of years ago. Yeah. The drop ball. Yeah. yeah the the that, catch. No that, catch. Yeah. Like, especially with how loose the catch rule is now. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. you know, you got to look at them. You'd be like, wait a minute, can we go replay that game? Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, and that's where, what Jacob said, I don't think Roger Goodell will make them replay it. No, that's because, right. because, because there's, like you said, the, the catch rule. There, yes. There's so many games that came down to one play that the refs missed or the no catch or catch that, okay, if you replay this game in the playoffs, what about ours? Well, yeah, yeah, they're not going to yeah, do that. Yeah, they're, they're not going to do all that. Yeah. But it's, so. it's, it's interesting that it's a rule in the rule. Yeah, play. yeah. No, but that's, the last that's, thing I'll say on it, and then we can move on, Panthers and Mud, I just think it needs to be more consistent. I mean, pass mm-hmm. interference-wise, this, that. I mean, you saw a game, I think, near the end of the season, the Saints-Steelers game, Joe Hayden barely had his hand on Alvin Kamara in the end zone for a jump ball, and they call that pass interference. Yeah. But then you see, you know, the Rams player completely deplete that guy, <laughs> and they don't call that. So again, it's it's one of those like, if you again, you're going to have some errors, but just yeah. not so big of a difference yeah. in what should be called and what shouldn't is the other thing too. So and you know what's weird is is like if you look at the play, the guy that he cleat he decleated, he didn't get up like it was a penalty. Yeah. He just went back to the huddle. So yeah. he didn't even think it was a, it was a passing yeah, appearance. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like He was like, okay, well. And he probably was like, I wasn't going to catch that anyway because it was out of my reach. Yeah. So that could have been what he looked at. And he was just yeah. like, well, I just got peeled. So yeah. I'm going back yeah. to the huddle. Well, that's just one of those you don't want to lay, you know, it's one of those pride things. You want to get up quick after you get stuffed like that. Because you, wanna, <laughs> you know what I mean? True. So, but, but if anything, you would have got up and you just said, you know, because yeah. you know guys now. But he's also not. Michael Thomas. That's true. Like, he's, he's their fourth or fifth receiver, yeah. so he's not. Uh, to me, he's not going to get the call or act like that because I mean, it, it just made speed demeanor. That's so true. I mean, that's just, and I'll, I'll I'll say one thing on that. It's like if you want consistency, 
then you can't call stuff on the number one wide receivers. Like you can't call stuff on a like Antonio Brown that you wouldn't call. Oh, geez, on that's your, that's gonna happen no matter what, man. Yeah, that's. that's true. I mean, that's but, just but, the way that, but that's it. That, but that's part of consistency. Yeah, no, but, but, but there's also a, there's also a difference of like. You, I know you bitch because you're going to bring up LeBron James because you hate LeBron James. No, uh, no, you know, no. Because I know what she's thinking. Because you all, every time you watch LeBron James, you go, oh, yeah, fucking LeBron James is all the calls. You also got to realize sometimes the better players are getting mugged like that because the players they're playing against aren't as good as them. Yeah. So the other players have to consistently foul them because they keep up with them. Right. If you're talking to Antonio Brown, who is arguably the best receiver in the NFL, you can yeah. debate with that with your grandma if you want, but whatever. Like, those corners can't keep up with them. I mean, you saw Bradbury and Jackson get it, and you go, that's not – it's pass interference because they can't keep keep up with them. Yeah, so that's the other thing is, as a guy like Tommy Lee Jones or whatever it was, he's just a regular old guy that's out there, you know what I mean? So He's an actor too, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think it's – yeah, whatever his name. All right, let's move on. We did about 15, 20 on that. Let's get to Big News Panthers. We were one of three teams left to get the call to go to London. Uh, we knew we were never going to go over there with Jared Richardson. Yep. Now with Ted, we're talking about expanding the brand, going to London, Duval. What you think? Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, it doesn't take away one of our home games. That that was one of the things. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. well, fine. Tampa can have a way home game. I don't yeah. care. As long as we got our eight, because we're going to need our eight anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's exciting. One will be able will be in London, so at least we get – Exposure as the Carolina Panthers in London, so they don't have to usually see like the Patriots or yeah. whoever, because I'm sure they don't watch the Panthers over there. Um, I mean, I, I'm excited for it. Just like a few years ago, we were on, uh, we played on Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, and then we get all those Monday night, Thursday night games. Anytime that we're able to be the center of attention, us coming from a small city, well, bigger city, but yeah. smaller market like Charlotte. It's just amazing. So yeah. um, we just I'm, can't get our brakes beat off. You you right. The long as we don't, as long as we don't get drugged over there, I'm cool <laughs> yeah. with it. As long as we win and we beat Tampa Bay, I'm yeah. cool with it. And then you know, it's kind of fitting when we have FA Obata. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's able to be there, and you know, as long as he makes a team this year, we'll which see. I think he will. Well, they draft three DEs and the first three picks. Yeah, well, they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. So. Jeez, what yeah. you got? I mean, I, I got the Panthers app on my phone, so I got it early Monday morning after they put it out, and I was excited because, like Jacob said, we were one of three teams that hadn't gone over yet. Um, but another thing that I was more excited about is, like, they normally don't have those games until after, like, week four. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, when we come back over, we'll be on our bye. So it's kind of like a blessing in disguise because we'll play early at 9 o'clock and then we'll come back over have our bye week later than we've been having the last two years because the last two years we've had it at what week 4, week 5 or something like that no yeah. I think it was this, four, this year was at week 4 like week 8 or 9 right, right, year so but it will, it'll be it'll be a later week bye and I think that'll also give us a time to rest like later in the season yeah. so we can well, we thought the mini bow was going to be good this year. Well, yeah, that's so, true too. That's true. But we got right. our brakes beat off on our yeah the, the, the game before mini buy. I, I think with I think with the, especially if FA Abada's on the roster, I mean it kind of is a home game. Yeah. Because my uh, sister is and she lives in my sister in law lives in Europe and she's been to London a few times since the FA Abada breakout game and she said there's Panther stuff everywhere. Wow. Really? Abada like, okay. jerseys are in the sports shops with all the like the soccer pins wow. and everything nice. else. Man. So. 
I, I don't know that it's necessarily we don't see it here because we don't subscribe to like you know English sports news mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be if he's on the team, yeah, and he's an impact player, and I think he can be because he's so raw. Yeah, I mean, he just started playing football like four years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, and he's one of these guys that I think the NFL is really going to push the pressure. They want to make our game international. And they would like, here's one of these international exceptions to a roster mm-hmm. that made a 53. Like, yeah. you can't, he's too good a story to not buy into. Yeah. yeah. You know, see, even if you got to make him a linebacker in this supposed 3 4 rumor that we're talking about doing. We can you know. we can dive into that in a second. But yeah, the one he's got to make the team, he even acknowledged that in the press release. Yeah. I think they must have known this. Months ago, I'm sure that was one of the things Tepper wanted, and then of course the tie-in once he did make the team this year, and seeing all the the positive positivity that came out of it, and he had an up and down season, which again you'd expect from a guy who's this is his first full year actually being on a roster, not the practice squad or whatever he was the year before. So, yeah, no, like I said, I think it's I think it's cool. Like I said, new vibe. We don't lose a home game. You know, depending it's on what Tampa Bay. is against Tampa Bay. <laughs> it, you know, we didn't play good at Tampa Bay this last season, so hey, that's fine. We, we won't have to go down to Raymond James this year. Yeah. We'll go over there, but yeah, hopefully it's it's similar to that Thanksgiving Day where we're one and zero on Thanksgiving. Now, hopefully, we can be one and zero in Europe come you know October, November. I think that's about right around where they finish those games yeah. off. October, November. I think they get them before Thanksgiving or something. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, still don't believe in Ron Rivera or, or any of the coaching staff or any of the GM, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. So. Okay, so I got a question. So what's this 3-4 oh, yeah, I, I haven't heard this. So yeah. you, you mentioned it. I heard you mention it last week when I talked to you before the podcast, and I thought you were just talking out of your ass. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where you going to do that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then I saw Joe Person do a report today for The Athletic, and... I, I somewhat read it. I'm not subscribed to the Athletic, okay. but it sounds like basically they want to do a hybrid. I don't think it'll be solely they're going to switch all the way to a three-four. Okay, but I think he wants to give depending on the game, do different looks, similar to how the Patriots do. They were predominantly three-four, but now you see them line up in four-three and three-four depending on who they play. And you start looking at the personnel. I mean, they can put Poe at D tackle, nose guard. Short can be a defensive end. You can go get another, I guess, West Horton, you bring him back, he's big enough, or get another guy in the first round, that big boy, Dexter Lawrence or somebody from Clemson, you yeah. get in the first round as your other right end. And then Keith Lee and Shaq Thompson in the middle. You can put Mar- um, Mario Addison on the outside linebacker, Marquise Haynes is the other outside linebacker, in the 3-4. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. And then your corners are your corners. And then safety-wise, I mean, Eric Reed, I think, can play in whatever system if they keep him around. And then, yeah. I, you know. We'll still see if they value any safety positions coming up in this draft and this free agency, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do if if they try. I think Rivera is somewhat on his seat is warm. Yeah. I mean, after I mean his the defense somewhat improved a little bit near the end of the season, but they also got lit up a couple games as well. So it's all on. I mean, he's keeping play call duty, so it's all on him. So what is Washington doing? He's just gonna have a defensive coordinator get that check, but not do it. D line. Yeah, I think he's. I think like, he's been demoted officially back to D line. So he's the, still keeping the title. I think he's still keeping the title as like defensive coordinator, but it's so like per, it's he's weird. D-line. Yeah, it's, he's gonna be more. He's gonna go back to full time D line coach, but also keep that title as defensive coordinator, though he won't be calling the plays. Wow, that's... I mean, we'll wait, have to wait and see when the media guy comes out. I mean, but that's yeah. gonna be weird. 
I mean, I mean, Rivera's gonna take care of him, so I, I understand it. I, I'm just concerned if, like, okay, so if that's the case, so there is no DC. Ron Rivera's a DC and the head coach, basically. And other teams do it. All I think the time, they're gonna so. keep they're gonna keep Washington as DC, so then he's still involved with installing game plans. Hmm. So then he'll, you know, it's more of experience. Yes, it's, he's gaining more experience, and you're not demoting him down. Yeah. Like, you're not taking his title away. You're just kind of taking some of the responsibility. And now he's still getting the experience of, okay, because we all knew he was a fish out of water calling yeah. plays. Now he can maybe get some of that stuff. And Rivera knows there's a reason why he's not, no one's going to want to come be this defensive coordinator. It could be a lame duck season because if this season tanks, it's clean house for everybody. everybody. Yeah. So, like, if you're Chuck, if you're, like, to me, if you're Steve Wilkes, no, you want to go to Cleveland because you know where the Freddie Kitchens. They're not going to go barring a 0 and 16 season. Which they want. They're not going to do that. Yeah. You at least can guarantee yourself after just going one and done in Arizona, you want some stability. Why would I go back to Carolina, who just had a down, completely down season, should have made the playoffs? Looking at Rivera like, well, if we don't get it done, now I'm looking for another gig the next year. Yeah. If I at least go to Cleveland, it gives me at least two years, probably three, yeah. to get my feet back under me. And they got a talent. They've spent all of the first the playoffs. And to me, right there, the defense is more talented. They yes. got a ton of first round picks that they can young, play fast, young, and and that would be the spot where you can't really mess up in Cleveland. As long as you ain't giving up five hundred point five hundred yards a game and thirty seven points, you should be okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's all in. But yeah, what do you think of? I mean, I I think with the pieces they picked up last year, um, you know, I was really I think Golden put some good tape together. Think so? Um, they, I don't feel like I didn't see him. At the end of the year, I mean, and I was like icing, isoing him when he would come on the field. I wanted to see what he'd do because, you know, I I didn't want to have. I mean, I love Mike Adams. He's a salty veteran, but he he oh, his time was up. His time he was looked old. He is all thirty-seven. You know what I'm saying, but he looked old. Oh, like oh. Roman Harper could at least hold it together with his yeah. with his gray hair. And yes, stuff, he but, could. But he, <laughs> Roman Harper was only like thirty-three. Yeah, Mike Adams like thirty-seven. Like that's you know what I mean. That's a big jump there. Yeah. So I, I think if they were to move to the the three-four, uh, I've always seen Carolina, with the exception of the. You know, the early days before John Fox, they've been a 4-3 team mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. But I think, you know, what a great way to have Peppers go out, you know, because he knows the 3-4 scheme. Yeah. And he can be that situational guy that can come in, speed rush, just so he can make sure that he's number three all time on the sack record. And uh, and I think I, I always see 3-4 teams are aggressive. And I think if there's anything that's been, like, characterization that you could put on this defense, it's been they've been passive. Yeah, the last two seasons, it's just been like even Luke Keekley had a Pro Bowl, All Pro season, and I felt like he was like playing his, at sixty percent all year. His first couple weeks were questionable, but then those that back half of the season, he went back to his normal self. So, yeah. Like I felt like like those first couple weeks, I agree with you. He was missing tackles, but then like it was right around that in the middle of the losing streak. You know, he was everywhere. Well, he was everywhere. Like, yeah. the hawking down Jarvis Landry, yeah. even at the Tampa game, he's batting. Like, he's jumping the line and then coming all the way back. Like, he, like, if people were talking about trading him for something, but then at the end of the season, if you really look at his tape, you're like, oh, okay, he still is the top middle linebacker in the league, barring you, him, and Bobby Wagner or whatever. So that's good. But, yeah, I mean, he'll thrive in whatever system. I'm fine with diversity, switching it in, bringing different personnel, different looks. So, because I, I feel like last year our defense was vanilla. Teams knew it; they were able to complete easy passes. And if you're uh-huh. giving them different teams different looks, depending on each different week, and now with each team, some teams are built so different with personnel, it's it's fine. But I also go back to you know we let Thomas Davis go. It was Thomas go. We talked about that last podcast. 
you really don't need two starting or three starting linebackers in a four three. If you're in a single four three, right. you need a better nickel. nickel. Yeah. And so that's where I really look at either in the draft. I mean, Captain Mullen release has got to be coming soon. I think you can cut players maybe what right after the Super Bowl a week or so. Cause I like, think if he's a post June first cut, then they save like. A four and a half million. Yeah, so, yeah. so he'll, he'll make the training camp. No, post no, June, no, no, no. Post June, June. Yeah. Like, okay. he'll get cut on June first. June first, yeah. Okay. And that's like what I'll let you. So I think he's definitely gone. He looked. Every talking about looking old, he looked every bit of washed. So I don't know if that's a draft. They get a guy's nickel spot. Uh, a while when I was noticing at the Senior Bowl, this name may ring bells. Mark Field's son, who played at Huff High School, yeah, Clemson. He's out. He's at the Senior Bowl. Really? He'll be out. Supposedly, according to the scouts, he's one of the top covered corners, but he works better inside as a nickel. So just throwing that name out there because of the Panther ties and from the Cornelius ties, I was like, wow, definitely getting old. Because I think Jerry Anna might have either taught him or taught uh, his daughter in at Cornelius Elementary School. So now we're really getting old there. Uh, how long has she? How long has Jerry been teaching them? Been teaching for like six, seven years. So she so might have been just, daughter. She's probably she's daughter. 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 Yeah, but okay. still, that's just the name. I think, like I said, Jeez, we we need to upgrade please. that nickel position for a while now. And he's out there. He's at the Senior Bowl. Turn on those practices. Check him out. Well, I, I have to take take a look at that. And I mean, the thing that I hate us winning that last game because oh, if we're yeah. picking we're picking 16. top ten. Yeah, you you can pick your poison. You can yeah. go DN. You can go corner. You can go get greedy. Well, I think, you can go I think I'll say I'll say first round. I really think it's got to be lineman. Offense or defense, even even if they want. do something in free agency, yes, uh, you've got really? listen, you've got to rejuvenate that offensive line is being better. That defensive line, defensive end, I'll be more specific, defensive end or any offensive lineman. I mean, I, I mean, you, you're missing your starting your starting center that you've had for 10, 12 years is gone. So you need a center. Didn't they go? Are they going to move Arson to center? Yeah, but <laughs> listen, you still need guys to play. That's true. They have nobody to back them up. It's Greg Van Roten. You can improve on Greg Van Roten, and then your two tackles, yes, you can still have Moten, but you need depth. We just went through this where both Darrell Williams and Khalil missed the whole season, and he had nobody. He had to pull up a 33-year-old guy off the street. So regardless of position, tackle, guard, center, you need depth across the old line. Somebody's going to get hurt. So I'll take any offensive line position, and most of them, they might need time to develop. We don't know what they're going to do with Khalil. We we know Moten's going to be around. We don't know what they're going to do with Darrell Williams. Exactly. So – any of those – and then a defensive end, I think any offensive line position and a defensive end to me are at the top of the board. Then you can start looking at a safety because they've never valued the safety position. The Panthers haven't, except for when they signed Eric Reed. And that was just because we, we – needed somebody. We're still, desperation. Yeah, exactly. Because they yeah. – but they should, they should have signed – yeah, they should have signed him in the offseason because it was Colin Jones as your backup. And he's – we know he can't play safety, but they again. Now you get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> Worst talent evaluator, coach. I mean, look, we just saw C.J. Anderson outplay a Todd Gurley in the NFC Championship game, and he was on our roster. And Rivera said to us, "We can't find space for him to have plays." When you knew, when you knew Cam Newton's shoulder was all tore up, you should have went in there with your coaching staff and said. We need to run the ball 45 times. The damn Ravens did it. Yep. They got to the playoffs. Now, they went one and done with their quarterback, but how many games did we lose when we couldn't score on the two-yard line? We could have used a 270-pound a running back because our quarterback's shoulder was banged up. Yep. I Again, so that's why I don't trust. I don't trust anything they're going to do, so we'll see what happens. 
<laughs> well, do you, do you buy into the like the two? Like they never put a consecutive winning season back to back, but they always follow up a crap season with a good season. Yeah, but that call that because our mascot's a black cat. That's just. I buy that little conspiracy there. I mean, it's. I, I mean, of course, I, I'm hoping it goes back to back, but literally, I, I think I said it last week. Ron Rivera and John Fox, through their first eight seasons of Panthers head coach, both have 71 wins. We're either going to see a 2-14 and 14 season, a.k.a. Cam Newton sits out the whole year and says, my shoulder ain't ready yet. Or he, like, again, if he sits out and goes, all right, well, I'm going to add week eight to return. But that's similar to the Colts two years ago where it was like, oh, why would I put Andrew Luck out there with this trash O-line? And Cam Newton's got two years left. He can sit out this whole year, rest that shoulder up, come out and ball in his last year, and then get another $100 million contract. Rivera with no QB. We just saw it in the last three weeks. He Again, he he watched Heineke practice all year and still put him out there. And Kyle Allen looked better than Heineke in two quarters. Yes. And one drive in the Falcons, but he still wanted to put Heineke out there. Like, they're just not, he's just not good at evaluating. He's so... I just you think that was a Rivera decision or a or a Shula or not a Shula but our, um I'm drawing a blank now. Hernie C. Hernie. Oh, you talking? Oh, oh, uh, oh old man. Gosh, I'm sorry. Turner. Yeah. Turner. Yeah. No, that's because because uh, you know he was in in Minnesota with him. Yeah. So he knew the offense and he'd been running first team reps while Cam's been like life as we know yeah. it, not practicing. And Kyle him. Allen was on the practice squad. You should have at least. To me, Kyle Allen and Heineke were the same as that guy. Like, like, like on the same playing field. Like, okay, right. you should be able to see that, wow, Allen can actually throw the deep ball. Okay, he's not as mobile as Heineke, but, you know, like he just looked at least like a competent quarterback. Right. Heineke looked like a competent quarterback on a couple drives, but he just doesn't have the arm strength. Like, yeah. like there were a couple of those throws, he couldn't even get him 45 yards. Yeah. At least Kyle Allen was able to chuck the ball up it. and slinging it. And, you know, you got to love the Heineke story and nothing against that. But, again, I just, you know, this is the same. Rivera's the same coach who started, you know, Jonathan Stewart over Christian McCaffrey all of last year. Excuse me? Yeah. What? What? No, this is the same guy that started D'Angelo Williams over Jonathan Stewart with D'Angelo Williams washed. The same guy who will start a veteran over a young – I mean, the same guy who wouldn't let D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel get on the field yeah. until Funches and Torrey Smith got hurt when arguably those players should be getting more reps. And the same coach who was like, well, instead of just taking our first-round running back, I mean, first-round wide receiver draft pick and let him just w- learn one position, he has him learn all the wide receiver positions and kick return and punt return. Why? Yeah. Why would you do yeah. that? He already didn't run the greatest routes at Maryland. Come in and master one thing, and yeah. then we'll start in the middle of the season, if you're feeling more comfortable, we'll introduce you to more things. Like, I just don't think he's he's gotten by with – the great play of Cam Newton and company for so long, and this year he got scapegoated by the shoulder injury. But if he was a great coach, he would have been able to adjust and say, okay, Cam's shoulder's jacked. I mean, Chad Pennington played decent years for the Dolphins and the Jets when he had a jacked shoulder because the offense figured out around him. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are a perfect example. They realized, okay, he's got some deficiencies. They catered to him. They should have catered to Cam's shoulder. Ran the rock. They had McCaffrey. They had C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson could do it. They lied to us saying he couldn't do it. Oh, we wanted to see more of Cameron Arts Payne. Come on, man. Why is he still on the That's roster? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm saying. Not trying to, I'm not trying to, like, you know, lobby for anybody to get, you know, without a paycheck. But, I mean, there is nothing about him that screams that, NFL talent. every other team knows that. And that's why he, like, and that's just what just bothered me the most about 
this whole thing. Yeah. And again, it, it just he's gotten like, go back to the Super Bowl. We've said it a million times on the podcast. Halftime adjustments. He still let Mike Rimmers and Mike Mike Orr block Von Miller and Demarcus Square with no help and no chips at all. Like at all. And that he just it does he like. The same guy who would rather see a nine to six game because he doesn't like all the points scored. The same guy who got mad about teams being able to use the Microsoft services on the sidelines because he said it takes away from coaching. Anything innovative, Rivera's not a part of. And like he's got the the most arguably the most gifted athlete of a quarterback and he just craps it away. So yeah. Yeah, you can argue John Fox did more with less. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Because I mean yeah. Jake DeLong was no Yeah. yeah. He had about maybe three or four three good, good seasons. seasons. Yeah. I mean, and that was because he was throwing the moose and Steve Smith. Yep. And Ricky And Cam had, had, yeah. <laughs> had nobody. Cam drove up scrubs all the way to the he, he drove. He drove a rookie Funches. He drove. Ted Ginn, and, Cotri, and Philly uh, Brown. Philly that's Brown. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cotri's so, retired. Philly Brown is trash. He was gone as soon as after that last yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. So, well, Panthers hijacked us there again. But. Yeah, that's that's where my heart lies. Of I just don't trust them. I mean, of course, I want to see a one season because those are more fun. But I feel like we'll be in the same cycle. We win this year, Rivera get another extension, and then it'll be another tanking year. And then it's just like we go, we just go through this cycle until finally, you know, Tepper has the cajones to to make a move. And I get it. He didn't want to make the big, you know, he has owned the team for less than a year. Fire a guy because Rivera has had success, but you know. We'll we'll see because I feel like with Rivera taking over this play calling, he's gonna have his. And, and I, I put it to you this way: I know you have your reservations on. I feel like this year he's betting on himself. Yeah, and I, I respect that. Yeah, because you're saying, okay, you know what? If I go out, I'm gonna go out the way I'm gonna go out. Yeah, nobody else is gonna be on me. These are the people I brought. This is it, and that's the way you should go. Because if you got that much confidence in yourself, I'm gonna bet on me, and this is what I'm gonna be. So yeah. I'm interested to just see what he's got. Because he's going to put his best foot forward this year. I feel that. We hope. I mean, I think, too, if he has he has the sole play-calling responsibilities of the defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, a Ron Rivera defense, I mean, you can say what you want about Sean McDermott and Steve Wilkes, but that the fingerprint was Ron Rivera's defense. Yeah. yeah. And he got away from that. He wanted to become more the global CEO the last couple of years. And, like, even with Steve Wilkes, you don't know if you remember this or not, but he named him as the assistant head coach. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the errors that he said – that he had as a young head coach was not having another former head coach on his staff. And so he wanted to try and bring those guys in, and he wanted to train guys up early. And then he had somebody who was not afraid to tell him he was wrong, Steve Wilkes, who was right there, like, barking in his ear. I went to a couple practices that they were open to the public, and you just hear, like, Steve and Ron kind of going at it. But Eric Washington was way too passive yeah. to see. like, And I could kind of see that manifest itself. I mean, in the Steelers game, you saw there's uh, one play they're rushing two. Like, oh, that was like, we went over. <laughs> yeah, it was like, he just did he seemed so overmatched at yep. that point. But Rivera was just like, if I, if I take it, the reins from him now, then it look like I made a mistake. But see, that's where I think he, he that's you where gotta he made a mistake. Yeah. And even Tepper said that in his final interview, his, his interview that came out last week was basically, he said like, we, he should have done that weeks before. Like, yeah. he should have made those moves way before. And, that's where I've, Rivera's always three steps behind and mm-hmm. making changes to things. It's like you said, he should, after that Steelers game, okay, give him the Lions game. After that, then it should have been like, yo. But he waited till all the way to what, after the Browns game to finally do it? And it's like, 
oh, okay, now we're basically out of the playoffs, and you're, you know, like, it, it just, yeah. it always just seems so far behind the times of doing things. But I also kind of think, I think Steve Wilkes was a little overrated. I don't think he blitzed more than any guy ever had blitzed before. And then he, like I said, he got one and done in Arizona. And I didn't know why his office, they stopped giving David Johnson the ball. That weird. It was weird. So I was kind of glad he didn't come back because it was going to be another Rivera guy. I think Rivera needed somebody outside the organization that wasn't his guy to come in because I'm with you on your point of someone to check him. Mm-hmm. And and I think North Turner kind of did that office. But let's all out forget, North Turner, Rivera's offense is built from North Turner. Like, yeah. Shula was a North Turner person. Like, so it's still yeah, all his – Yeah, Chichinsky, they're all – like, it's still the same system. And I think by week eight, teams realize that on top of the camp shoulder injury. I just hope, you know, we'll see what happens. I hope good things, but I just don't have any faith or trust in it because, you know. I'm kind of rooting for Cam to play because – Oh, I, I, I do too. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah, see yeah. Kyle Allen mm-hmm. and Scrub McGee play. Well, yeah, I, I, and just for the simple fact is I kind of think the Rivera message has kind of lost its, its – I agree. Beat. And, and I honestly believe that because Tepper comes from the Rooney partnership and they the Steelers do not let anybody go, yeah. I, I feel like there's this mentality, well, he's already acknowledged we don't have an indoor training facility, mm-hmm. and he, he wants to make that a priority. So he realizes that the Panthers, his team has been working with bum equipment. Yeah. And, like, so he's like, we need to do a better practice facility. Like, we need to do – and now I've got a, a – a quarterback who sits out all season, I can't really say, okay, well, you lose a former league MVP as quarterback, and then you got to bring some guy in. You, we don't, we have too many holes to to fill to draft a guy, yeah, a quarterback who's going to be proficient as a one and done because it's not like you have to plan for the future really. Because Cam, I mean, he's still in the prime of his career. Yeah, but right. look, at, look at the Eagles though; they got a, and I know it's the rookie weight scale, but they would at least got a solid veteran backup. We had that in Derek Anderson, but this is what bugs me the most. You go into the season with Heineke as your main backup. If Cam went down in week one, that would have been a 1-15, if not 0-16 season. Like, he did, like, behind that offensive line, he only lasted two quarters. Two quarters. Cam lasted 10, 11, 12 games. Yep. Like, that to me is just thinking that's between Marty Herney and Rivera. You're out there all trading Cam, and you can't sit there and tell me, and I know salary cap, this, that, and the third – but there wasn't somebody you could have traded for or somebody you picked up that was better than Heineke? Gotta be. And we all know the answer to that. We know he's not going to get signed. Yep. But Heineke? That was like, don't sell me as a fan base that you're doing everything you can to win, but Heineke's your backup all season right. is my issue. Because it's yeah. just like, come on, man. Like the, the Eagles saved their season because they had a legit backup quarterback. Yeah. yeah. You know, the the Ravens saved their season because they took a quarterback in the first round. Though Flacco was 33-34, you know, we, we you know, at least the Patriots got Brian Hoyer, a, a veteran guy that's played games. We went into the season with Heineke as the backup. Like, that is bananas to me. We couldn't have at least – they didn't even bring in a veteran guy. It was Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Garrett Gilbert that they – they didn't even bring in a veteran guy on the street. That had some historic experience. I know Heineken maybe started one game for the Houston Texans in scrub time, but like, yeah. that's just, I, I think that's poor roster building and poor team building. You know, I wonder, I wonder what if in free agency they surprise us all and go pick up Teddy Bridgewater? I think Teddy B will get more burned, just like I, he, I thought they'd do it this past offseason because he knew Norvin stuff, but I think he'll get a starting potential spot. I mean, Jacksonville to compete for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because you, you maybe Redskins. they behind closed doors, they've already decided it's probably in the best interest for the Panthers and for Cam going forward that he pull an Andrew Luck and just sit out the season. And then Teddy Bridgewater's got a year to put game film on there and like maybe if, he can extend. If you're it out gonna do that, I think your best bet would be to take a guy in the second or third round. Because then you've got him on a cheap four year deal. If you've already and I've been saying it, what I want them to do is go out. I think Kyle, Kyle deserves to be back to compete. Yes. He's showing up. Bring Kyle in. I also think you go out, sign you there. I just looked at Tyrod Taylor's going to be a free agent. I'd be fine with Tyrod. Somebody with some experience. Uh-huh. Go out, get a guy with the experience, you know, the, the, the anywhere between the 28 to 32 age range that's played ball. Then draft a guy. If you do that, you're at three Qs. Then draft you a guy fourth through seventh round as a developmental, maybe we hit a shot in the dark, dart on the wall. And that gives you four cues right there. Let it, let let Kyle Allen, Tyrod Taylor, and your draft pick battle it out and go from there. They haven't invested in that. They stuck with Derek Anderson. And it, it bit them in the ass this year. Because to me, if they really trusted Heineke, when Cam blew that shoulder out against Pittsburgh, they would have went straight to Cam, straight to Heineke. And they'd have let Cam rest his shoulder. Because – and I, I think he's going to play this year. I really honestly think he never got time to let it heal because it's just like a rolled – I think it's like a rolled ankle. Like, you know how if you have a high ankle sprain, you can't play on it. You need four or five weeks to really yeah. sit. And Cam never sat. He just yeah. kept going yeah. and going and going until it was just like, shoot, I can't even put this – I yeah. can't even put pressure on it. And the shoulder injury, as we know, the injury thing, it takes almost two years to fully heal. Exactly. And he played good last year. You never saw him court the deep balls, but, I mean – yeah, no, we'll see. We'll get back to it. We got the draft podcast coming up. We're at an hour and five right now. Let's get to Jeeves. Are you ready? Let's roll. The Escape 109 <laughs> Warehouse Distillery Notebook. Mike, there's a notebook next to you. You pick any question from it that's not checked. It's got a name. Read it. You ask it. We'll answer it. While you're looking through, we'll do some housekeeping. Duval. I messed up. Yeah, you know I messed you up. Your, you missed. I missed two, my picks. And, missed I, and I would pick both of them right. And you missed. Did he? Did he get both of them right? Yeah. He's got a three-pick lead on you now. Well, didn't make so it. I don't. I don't. Think I would have even if I got both of them. right. I know, but you could at least got another Super Bowl, and possibly you would have been still one back. Yeah. Super Bowl could have made the difference. So we'll Eight see. Year old boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't want to. We don't dice it up. Give it to him yet. But Tyler's in first. Duval second. Nate third. I'm fourth. Jesse's fifth. Quarter sixth. Stevie C seventh, Garrett's eighth, John Long ninth, and Jerry is tenth. Jeeves, you're sitting in 14th. You can thank everybody who quit, so you could jump from 20th all the way to 14th. You just kept making picks and build those points back up. I took a gamble on the on the Kansas City this week. Yeah, I mean you're gonna. No one's really gonna move that much as long no. as people in front are picking. Yeah. So we'll go um, again. Reminder: Survivor starts February 20th. If you want it on that fantasy game, let us know. We'll do our Survivor podcast February 19th. March Madness, that's uh, coming back up, too. That'll be a nice little prize pack with that as well. I've already started hitting up Warehouse Distillery. Escape 109, you'll get a gift card for that. Winner of our Pick'em Top 10 is going to get a, a Warehouse Distillery gift card. If it is the 8-year-old, he's going to get some beef jerky. He's not going to get any liquor, display <laughs> products, all that. And uh, all, then, I for, just remember, the Game of Thrones Death Pool will be back again this summer. So, we'll, we've got a lot of good fantasy games coming up and prizes for you. And, of course, they're always all free to sign up for winner takes home the prizes. Number one takes home all the prizes. That's about it. You got your question? Yeah, I think so. I was kind of torn between two. One's really gross, and then oh. one was uh, <laughs> softball, so I'll go with the softball. All right. Because i got to answer it, too. So Okay. Um, all right. 
Favorite sport to play slash watch, and that's from Tommy. Tommy, Tommy Friedenberg. Wow, it's been a while since he's been on the pod. That was the last time Thrones was on. Okay. Oh, for me, I mean, for me, it's easy. I know what Duvall's going to say, but I, I'm going to say football. That's just me. I've always loved playing football, whether it be backyard, whether it be video games, whether it be, you know, high school, middle school, Pop Warner, and then watching it. It's all like I said. You can see the basement here. It's got the Panthers all the way around us, so. <laughs> I'll go football. Um, Me's basketball. I can't play it anymore. Well, I can, but I just yeah, but I I hung it up. Uh, But I just love the game. I love to compete. I just love the energy. Like I, I just remember like I I can. It gets electric going into a gym and just the smell of a gym. Like it gets me excited. Sounds bad, but basketball definitely. Uh, For me, it'd be uh, baseball. I was the first sport that I ever played. Okay. Um, I was always, I wasn't always on the best of teams, but we always made the best of this situation that we always on. So that what that's what made it fun for me. Um, and then, like Duvall said, it also brought out the competitiveness in me. Um, just getting down there, getting dirty as a kid, <laughs> just getting dirty as a kid and running around. So picking clover in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's basically what I did. I picked yeah. clover. Yeah. So I, I, I need to see some game tape of Jeeps <laughs> playing baseball. So you were participation trophy Jeeps. That's what uh, it yeah. was. Okay. I actually did get one of those. <laughs> I got a participation trophy and I got the most walk trophy because I don't know what it was about me, but every time I got up, they always walked me in one season. I got the most walks in that season because we had like the banquet for every team. Uh-huh. That's what they they kept track of the walks. He's, so he's the Mike Trout of the Beards watch. And I got no, the no. I got, I got the most yeah, walks. The most walks. No one. No. Yeah. I was gonna say they they probably think he was the Make a Wish kid. They walk. <laughs> <laughs> They're cheering as he yeah. Walks. <laughs> he hasn't got a hit all season. Yeah, he's gonna let him on base. For me, it's uh, it's baseball. Um, just because I you know I'm in love with baseball. Yeah. Some of the things that I first got attached to as a kid. But playing, oddly, it's basketball. Oh, and yeah. really, for basketball, for me, it's it's harder to do now um, with, you know, being a father of two. I took a lot of time off. I actually played uh, about a month ago and played until I threw up. Like, it was <laughs> it was bad. Like, I, I got Charlie Horst in, like, the next possession down the court. I was like, I got I to gotta step out. And then I went <laughs> over and just hurled on the sideline. Oh. I was like, man, okay, I think I should quit right now. Yeah. It's been six months since I played. But for basketball, for me, because I was, you know, always undersized. I didn't make the team any years in high school. I always made it to the last cut. But I loved <laughs> playing, man, and I, I would love being that kid. We'd go up to just a rec gym somewhere, and they see this short white kid, and I was slender back then. Now it's funny because they don't pick me if, like, if we pick teams because they're like, I don't want that fat white dude on my team. And then I get out there, and I like break some guys' ankles, and they're like, all right, like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And I, I used to um, emulate – I don't know if you saw like the Pistol Pete movie that was made like back in the eighties, uh-huh. but I used to try and like pull off those passes and stuff yep. like around the back through the legs, like pretend I'm doing a free throw or a, a layup, and I, I just I I enjoy like the intricacies in basketball, like seeing the angles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think it's it's fun. It's tight quarters, like you're always doing something, you're always moving. Whereas baseball, like I love watching baseball, and I like I play softball still, but I, you sit there sometimes if you're in the outfield I and mean, you just sit there. All game and not yeah. anything. That's true. Yeah. And so, and you got to wait for nine other guys to go to the lineup for you get to hit again. Yeah. yeah. So it's for me just the constant motion basketball was definitely it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I agree. We'll sign it off. This is a nice, good, lengthy one. 
Anybody got any final parting words? No? Well, I, I, I'm interested to hear your take. Um, and we talked about it. I know this is last, last, last week we talked about Kyler Murray. What are your thoughts? Because I'm I'm pro baseball, and yeah. I know what Jacobs is. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely pro baseball, and and here's why. I think that baseball has allowed pl- the people who run baseball are patient, and they allow guys to have long, successful careers because they don't expect them to be superstars year one. And with NFL, you saw what the average career for an NFL player is three years, yeah. right? So there's most guys by three years that ain't even made it to the show in baseball. And I know that there's a there's a uh, maybe a perception of like what the minor leagues looks like. But I've got a couple friends who played minors for the the Orioles, and they said that they still get treated, man. They still get wine and dine. They get that signing bonus, like with the, especially if a guy gets drafted high. <laughs> yeah. But he's got he's got you know exceptions if he gets bonuses for getting invited to spring training and if he does any extended. Rookie season ball. I mean, there's there's plenty of incentives for these guys, and they it doesn't mean that if they're not allowed to be marketed to the point of like they can't sell car commercials or they can't you know do watch or cologne or whatever they can do that immediately. So I think Kyler Murray going into baseball makes more sense for him long term. Um, but I think I think the NFL is they're going to do everything they can to get him to come. To be an NFL I don't, I star. I think it's opposite. I think, I think the NFL says, no, no, no. You don't want to be here. We got other stars. I mean, to me, baseball's doing more to try to get Kyler Murray. They're the ones who said, oh, oh, come on back. Let's talk some more. We'll give you more money. We'll give you more money. Because they need stars. Even though we already talked, they're terrible at marketing. Baseball needs stars. I mean, it was wild. My buddy Cheeks was listening, and he said, my wife brought up the biggest point of why he should choose football. Her kids don't even know who Derek Jeter is. A regular kid in fifth grade doesn't, but I can tell you they know who Patrick Mahomes is. I can tell you they probably know who Brett Favre is. They know who Peyton Manning is because NFL is so much better at marketing their players. You, I, I couldn't pick Mike Trout out if I saw him walking down, down to Charlotte, besides maybe the paparazzi if he's wearing regular clothes. I mean, to but me. Is that, but is that also on the parents too? Because you got to uh, think about it. If, if you're if – you're, Okay, my take take my kid was my Yeah, take take your son. He's gonna know who Luke's gonna know who Cam is. Like, I mean, he, he might not he won't know who Mike Trout is initially. But what I'm saying is you think about it right now, you see more NFL marketing than anything yeah. in baseball. Yeah. Like the NFL is great at making sure the great players are there and you know them. Nobody like you you don't you would know if you if you don't know like Anything, and you just pop the Super Bowl on, you're going to know those players just because you see them. Baseball, I mean, it's the World Series, and people are like, all right, cool, it's still, they're still playing. They play 160-some games. Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's and there's, yeah, it's almost yeah. the same thing with basketball. Like, and, I, and on the thing to me, like, I always go back to it. He can wash out in three years in NFL. They're patient, right, in baseball. Tim Tebow's 30 years old, and he's still playing. He should be nowhere near double-A or triple-A or whatever the hell he is. But they don't care because they're just they're trying to sell people. NFL, they wash through people because either you're good or you're not. And it doesn't matter. We're a factory. We're going to create all the great people. If you're good, you're great. You're going to be here. And I think, like I said, it's – and now the perception's changed with small quarterbacks, with the way the Baker Mayfield goes one. I mean, he can get more money in his first year, and he's already in the top of the top elite. Whereas in baseball, yeah, he gets one. He may get wine and dine, but he's still going to be riding the activity bus. He's, until he get, it may not be till he's twenty eight, 
25 until he gets to the bigs. And even then, then you got to deal with arbitration. And then your team holds your rights. And then you really don't get your big deal until you're 30-something. You know, unlike Bryce Harper, who came out when he was 18, and he's finally there when he's, what, 24, 25 now? Yeah. Because it, you, you got into the system early. Right. Kyler Murray's 21, 22. He ain't going to be in the league till he's 27, 28. By then, he'll at least – he can be back in baseball at 27, 28 if he washes out in the NFL. Well, I mean, you could take – I mean, just Oklahoma baseball, for example. You know, I'm a Red Sox fan, and Andrew Benatendi – was the Golden who? Spikes Award winner? Who? Andrew Bennett. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows who, but everybody knows who Kyler Murray is. Hey, everybody watching the ALCS knows who Andrew Benatendi is. Oh. He had the he had the game the, still the, diving. The two million people that watched the ALCS, as opposed to the fifty six million people that just watched the AFC Championship hey, game. You you always you, I heard you say in the market, and I'm not saying that's a bad argument, but how many how many commercials have you seen for Lamborghini? It's not on my price range anyway. Yeah, I pay attention yeah, to Lamborghini. I mean, no. you people like Geico, they market because they have to because nobody wants what they got. Yeah. Like, but with I mean, with somebody something like baseball, you look at these guys who have op- options. I think Jeff Smart is killing himself because he's like, man, I should have done this out of high school. Because yeah. look, look, look it's at the money. Different though. Could Samarja make. went wide receiver. Right. Kyler Murray is a quarterback. What is the? They made TV shows and movies about being QB one. Right. Like, that is the, like, Friday Night like QB1, and he, where's Kyler Murray from? Texas. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest sport in Texas? <laughs> Football. Right. What's QB1 to him? Everything. Yeah. And to me, it comes down to that. And QB1, you're, you're the cream of the crop. If you can be the QB1 in the NFL, there's only 32 jobs as QB1 in the NFL. In baseball, you're going to trouble out. Yeah, okay, there's only, what, how many franchises, shortstops? Or he's going to be an outfielder, right? Yeah. There's yeah. three outfielders. Okay. All right, that's cool. Yeah, he can maybe make 200 mil. But, shit, if he's a QB1, Aaron Rodgers just got – they're resetting these these levels of contracts now. Yeah, but but what's the guarantee he's going to get there? I mean, because he's I feel be like – He's going to be yeah, first that, round that, That's true, but it's I mean – Same thing in baseball. What's the guarantee he's going to ever make to the majors? But at least he got he can play till he's 45. He, he can do that and like, still play football. He, watch he's, out. Made, he's made it clear, like it's not a mystery which one he prefers. Like he's made it obvious, and like if this is going to be your career, be passionate about it. Right. Don't. I mean, I, I think that Russell Wilson chose the sport that he loved more. I think that he loves football more. more. Russell Wilson wasn't good at baseball. He, he well, he also he also loved. I think he well, I think he did baseball because he wanted to stick at the state. Yeah. Because they're yeah. like, you're not going to let me do both. I'll show you. He was yeah. also. <laughs> Butt yeah. cheeks in yeah. Nashville. He was not good at, at, at single A. Like, he yeah. couldn't hit anything, and he couldn't hit the curveball. So, like, and, and like, you know, I right, we're gonna see you in a debate. We're already at uh, an hour eighteen, probably <laughs> an hour nineteen. We already did this last pod, so let's try to get it wrapped up before we hit an hour thirty. Because that's just too long. Appreciate you if you're still listening. We'll keep going. We'll we'll find out what Kyler's gonna do. I think either way he cannot fail, whether it be True. baseball or football. He's yeah. making millions regardless. Yep. So sign up for whatever you want to do. Yeah, choose your passion. Yeah. I think that's a great thing for anybody doing whatever they're doing. Find something you're passionate about and do it. But money does always help, regardless of what profession <laughs> it is. Yeah. So you know the bills got to be paid. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll sign it off. Thanks for listening. Go like, comment, subscribe. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Yeah.